Welcome to day 298 of Shaped by the Word. We're in our third season together, the story of the prophets. I'm Paul here with Cindy and David as well. We hold down the fort this week while the Kresge's are up in the mountains <laughs> enjoying cooler temperatures uh, with all of our with all of our students. Mm-hmm. Uh, we pick up in the you know the story of uh, uh, Ezekiel. Um, Ezekiel is like many prophets before him, not only announced bitter judgment on Israel and Judah for you know their unfaithfulness to God, but it also calls for judgment on all the nations. Uh, because God is the sovereign Lord, not just of his people Israel, but he's sovereign Lord of all creation. And we'll call all people to account. And, of course, uh, there will be a day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that, you know, Jesus Christ is is, is the sovereign Lord of all creation to the glory of God uh, the Father. So we're about halfway through the judgment, you know, our oracles, and right in the middle of them yesterday, the very end of that, after, you know, a, a short you know, a long prophecy against Tyre and a short prophecy against Sidon. There's a paragraph of hope and restoration where God will bring Israel back to their land and they'll build houses and have vineyards, you know, just a symbol of the good gifts, you know, that God has to offer them. And in contrast with the riches that Tyre hoarded or just the simple good gifts that God gives his people, but beyond that, he gives them the peace and the prosperity or the shalom you know, of his presence with them. Mm-hmm. Now we're back to uh, the judgment oracles. We'll spend several chapters on the judgment against Egypt. Uh, this is uh, this is the last and the final. It'll come in seven different sections or seven different prophecies. And uh, it actually contains as much material in this last one as all the other prophecy, new judgment oracles, you know, put together. So we meet uh, here in chapter 29, the extended section on God's judgment against Egypt, who have been the enemy of God's people from, you know, the very beginning of their foundation, have proved mm-hmm. deceptive to them all the way through the end. Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you that you are a God who is sovereign over the nations and to whom all the nations will one day give account. And that every knee will bow before you as we read in the book of Isaiah. And every tongue confess that you are indeed what you have always been, creator and Lord. And we thank you that your glory is ultimately seen in the person of Jesus. As we read uh, these oracles of judgment, uh, may you remind us not only of the judgment our sin deserves, but the fact that our sins have been judged in Christ Jesus and that you've extended grace to us through him it's in your holy name we pray amen Mm -hmm. ezekiel chapter 29 in the 10th year in the 10th month on the 12th day the word of the lord came to me son of man set your face against pharaoh king of egypt and prophesy against him and against all of egypt speak to him and say this is what the sovereign lord says i'm against you pharaoh king of egypt you great monster lying among your streams. You say, the Nile belongs to me. I made it for myself. But I'll put hooks in your jaws and will make the fish of your streams stick to your scales. I will pull you out from among your streams with all the fish sticking to your scales. I will leave you in the desert and you and all the fish of your streams. You will fall in the open field and not be gathered or picked up. I will give you as food to the beast of the earth and the birds of the sky. Then all who live in Egypt will know that I am the Lord. 
You have been a staff of reed for the people of Israel. When they grasped you with their hands, you splintered and you tore open their shoulders. When they leaned on you, you broke and their backs were rinsed. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I will bring a sword against you and kill both man and beast. Egypt will become a desolate wasteland. Then they will know that I am the Lord. Because you said the Nile is mine, I made it. Therefore, I am against you and against your streams. And I'll make the land of Egypt a ruin and a desolate waste from Migdal to Aswan, as far as the border of Cush. The foot of neither man nor beast will pass through it. No one will live there for 40 years. I'll make the land of Egypt desolate among the devastated lands. And her cities will lie desolate 40 years among ruined cities. And I will disperse the Egyptians among the nations and scatter them through the countries. Yet this is what the sovereign Lord says. At the end of 40 years, I will gather the Egyptians from the nations where they were scattered. I'll bring them back from captivity and return them to upper Egypt, the land of their ancestry. There uh, they will be a lowly kingdom. It will be the lowest of kingdoms and will never again exalt itself above the other nations. I'll make it so weak that it will never again rule over the nations. Egypt will no longer be a source of confidence for the people of Israel, but will be a reminder of their sin and turning to her for help. Then they will know that I am the sovereign Lord. In the 27th year, in the first month, on the first day, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of Nan, uh, son of man, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, drove his army in a hard campaign against Tyre. Every head was rubbed bare and every shoulder made raw, yet he and his army got no reward from the campaign he led against Tyre. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. I'm going to give Egypt to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, and he will carry off its wealth. He will loot and plunder the land as pay for his army. I have given him Egypt as a reward for his efforts because he and his army did it for me, declares the sovereign Lord. On that day, I will make a horn grow for the Israelites, and I'll open your mouth among them. Then they will know that I am the Lord. So we talked about Tyre in our last uh, previous four, you know, three sessions, and uh, about Nebuchadnezzar's thirteen years of you know besieging them, and it was actually a, a siege that cost him more money than it made for him. Hmm. And, and so you have the soldiers whose heads are rubbed raw because they had to put on their helmets every day to go into battle, and their oh, soldiers, okay. their shoulders are bare from holding their shields, and it's been a long hmm. campaign and, and probably a lot of grumbling going on here that they've gotten nothing out of it. And he said, "I'm going to take them down to Egypt, and as they conquer Egypt, that you know that'll be you know that'll be their." reward and in the same way you know the the ship the well outfitted ship was a picture of tire you have uh this monster you know who is in the middle of the nile is a picture of egypt you know the very vicious and a very powerful uh you know uh, uh, the very life of you know the entire region is the nile and the control of the nile is of course their pride and their power and and so you have a very different picture of this monster that I'll pull out of the sea with fish clinging to its scales and throw it up on land, and it'll become, and it'll become a you know, food for the birds of the air and the beast, you know, the beast of the land. So it's not nearly as a as a beautiful picture as the well, you know, the well equipped ship, you know, that sank to the bottom of the sea. But the imagery is powerful and is strong. No, I mean it's so. 
Even with all these nations, with Tyre, again with Egypt, who you know mm-hmm. has been such a main character in the story up to this point, and all that they've done against you know the people of God, and and so to see the vengeance and and the judgment, you're almost like yeah, they they deserve that, but there is that that tension that comes with all of this, and you even see some of the heart of them. You know, they you've been a step, you know, they say when they look at the Nile, uh, the Nile is mine, you know, I made it. And, and so again, the theme with all of this is, is that, that pride that you see in the nations, in the people, and then the Lord making himself known, um, to them in, in, in these moments in judgment. No, actually that's the, you know, turning point for the Lord. He said, wait a minute. You said the Nile is mine and I made it. You felt, you know, to recognize me and all of your arrogance, the height of your arrogance is to claim for yourself, you know, which is a prerogative, you know, that reserved only, you know, only for me, uh, that I am the creator. And, and of course, that's what Paul says when he talks about, mm-hmm. you know, in Romans 8, he talks about you know, God giving people over to their delusions uh, because they neither recognized him as God nor gave thanks to him as God, but worshiped created things rather than the creator mm-hmm. who is forever blessed. Amen. Mm-hmm. You know, according, you know, uh, uh, to the apostle Paul. And you see that here. And this is where God says, because of that level of arrogance, you know, the king of Tyre, I am a God, uh, you know, the Hophra, the king of Egypt, I have owned and possessed and am the source of the Nile rather than the Nile being the source of everything, you know, that he has. Mm-hmm. And there's that, you know, comparison, you know, what have you been to Israel? You've, you've been a staff of a reed. And, uh, of course, that's a picture of the, you know, the friendly reeds that grow along the Nile. And you said, you depend on it as a staff, it's going to collapse under your hand, pull out your shoulder, splinter in your face. Mm-hmm. And uh, Israel's placed their confidence in you. And, of course, mm-hmm. the confidence they placed in you have led to their ruin. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the Pharaoh mm-hmm. tried to convince them to turn on uh, Babylon and turned back Babylon for a brief section. But when Babylon came back in fury, he conquered both Israel and Egypt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you do see that in 16 where it says Egypt will no longer be a source of confidence for the people of Israel. Um, and so he has brought them low, but of course, Israel had placed their confidence. I mean, they did worship and depend on Egypt, but now that God has brought them low, now they've become just a reminder of their own sin of where they had placed their hope. Now that's, you know, Egypt will always be a reminder to yeah. you of your misplaced hope and mm-hmm. of your, your, you know, your sin. And of course there are a lot of things we pursue that end up being that, you know, for us. Mm-hmm. When we think about that moment in our life and those mistakes that came out of that moment or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even, you know, a, a wild, you know, purchase we made or something we thought was going to be so darn cool and, and it, you know, ended up costing us more than we wanted and was less a thrill than we thought. And we, we look back and it's just a reminder of the, our folly and, and, yeah. and of our sin. And there's so many different monuments, you know, that we have, you know, to our, you know, to our folly and, and to our sin. And of course, these, these predictions are, you know, true, you know, true today that, uh, Mm-hmm. Egypt is no longer the great world power, you know, than it you know, once was. It has been reduced, you know, to a lowly power and into a lowly place. Uh, and all of the great past, you know, are just monuments and dust. Hmm. David, do you mind closing us with word of prayer? No, let's pray. Father, we know, um, just like the people of Israel, we are 
We are prone to turn to so many things for help, for comfort, um, for peace, um, that they're not you. And so we do ask that as we reflect here on this judgment against Egypt, that in that we would be reminded of who you are, how you are our true help, our true refuge, and the one that we can truly turn to, um, to find the peace that we've been looking for. So thank you for all that you've done for us. We praise all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.